0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stay Grounded, number 101 to be exact. Hope you guys are all having a phenomenal day so far. I am extremely excited and privileged to be introducing this week's guest, Ms. Olga Rickards. So, I've known Olga for a very long time actually. We met very early early on in my entrepreneurial journey, and I remember when we first met, it was at this event and she just had this aura about her that was so encouraging, so uplifting. And after we had our conversation today, it actually makes sense why. So, Olga is a regular guest speaker on positive psychology at the University of British Columbia, a best-selling author, and a sought-after life coach to high achievers. She's worked with multi-millionaire entrepreneurs and executives running multi-billion dollar companies, and she's co-authored books with Richard Branson and Brian Tracy. Originally, Olga came from communist Russia, which is statistically one of the most unhappiest places on earth. And she was often told she wouldn't amount to much. She was also born with a unique heart condition that placed limits over what she was able to do. But after coming from Russia and moving to Canada in search of a better life, things began to turn around. After a lot of soul searching, Olga discovered the universal truth that when you find your purpose and use your unique gifts to help others, the high is absolutely unmatched. And as a highly acclaimed life coach, she now lives this high every day helping people unleash their own inner greatness, remove the subconscious blocks that stop them from being who they want to be, and then rewire her client's brains for more confidence and inner peace, even while they sleep. Olga is one of my favorite people. Not only do we have amazing conversations off the mic that dive deep into the psychology of what it means to live a fulfilling life, how to find your purpose, how to feel happier and lighter, um, the lowest and highest frequencies of emotions you can possibly experience, Everything. I mean, Olga and I have had so many great conversations off the mic that I just couldn't wait to have her on the show to share her wisdom around the subconscious mind and how you can use her unconventional three-step system to experience more happiness and success and create a life that you are excited to jump into every single day. So I'm super excited about this. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Olga's work, you can go to olgarickards.com. We have all of her free resources and essentially giveaways uh, in the show notes. So go check those out, access them, and just enjoy Olga for all of her wisdom because seriously, she uh, she is one of my most favorite people ever. And the fact that we got to sit down and record an interview of this caliber just speaks volumes for the type of human being she is and the type of work she does and the type of results she brings for the people she works with. So hope you guys enjoy this. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Stay Grounded podcast on any of the podcast apps. Leave, review, give me feedback. Let me know what you love about Olga in this episode. Also, if you want more free content. If you want more community, if you want deeper dives into a lot of the principles that we cover on the podcast, join the Stay Grounded community. Go to rajana.com forward slash Stay Grounded and join the Stay Grounded Facebook group. I'm constantly creating new content, fresh perspectives and going live, uh, sharing some of my own personal insights from the podcast in these episodes. So join the community, be part of the conversation, come give me a high five via the internet and all of the above. So but anyways, without further ado, it is my absolute privilege to be introducing this week's guest, Ms. Olga Rickards. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope all of you are having a phenomenal week so far. I, I can't even like express my excitement for this week's guest. Hi, Olga. How are you? Oh, wonderful i'm i'm just so excited i've known you for you've known me we've known each other for quite some time now and it's been about what four years three years four years five years it's crazy <laughs> so you've we've seen each other grow and I, i'm just so grateful that i get to have this conversation like this we've had so many amazing deep rabbit hole like conversations off the mic and uh, I'm selfishly excited about getting to learn from you and to bask in your in your glory and amazingness. So
1: it has been such a pleasure for me to know you to see how you are uh, not only growing but how you just you know, blowing through absolutely every limitations that there are. And you're such a beautiful, shining example of, you know, what is possible. So I'm super proud of you and sending you so much love.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I appreciate that. And I received that a hundred percent. Okay. So I want to get started on something that I was reading. Uh, I was on your website and I was going through all of how awesome you are. And there's a lot of things I didn't even realize that you did. And you were, you, I didn't even realize you had a book with, Ryan Tracy, and I think you co-authored a book with Richard Branson. Lots of amazingness. I don't even know about that, so that's for another day. But you mentioned that when you found your purpose, the high of living with purpose is unmatched. Can you describe the high of living a purpose-driven life?
1: Absolutely. I come from Russia, all the way from Siberia. I'm <laughs> that exotic. And growing up in communist Russia, I had these beliefs about when I have things that I want, that's when I'm going to be happy. And uh, there was a time in my life when I actually found myself having everything, practically everything that I ever wanted, what a poor girl from Siberia could possibly want. And I found myself still, surprisingly, not only unhappy and unfulfilled, but actually quite miserable because so many things that I thought would give me that happiness and fulfillment that didn't happen. Happiness did not come as a side uh, dish automatically to you know all the other things that I thought would uh, make it happen. And that's when I thought to myself, there got to be more to life. There got to be more to this. And uh, I started. Looking into positive psychology, uh, neuroscience, all the latest brain research, uh, business excellence, all the things that you know sometimes quite counterintuitive. And um, I was amazed, I was actually quite shocked to find out how many things that we think would bring us happiness and fulfillment actually don't. And there's entire science of happiness. And slowly but surely, I started implementing all those things and turning my life around. However, the biggest thing that happened for me was finding. My purpose, my mission, the things that my soul wants to do, if that makes sense. I used to be in uh, uh, human resources management and real estate investments. And while I was good at what I was doing, I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't want to wake up in the morning and jump into my life. And uh, when I discovered the way of helping people the way I do now... You know, I've gone through some very interesting transformations and challenges in my life over the past uh, several years, and if I didn't have this uh, purpose, I don't know how I would get through all that. And so, being been in the position now to help people in a very deep, measurable, real way, create, help them create changes that are quite irreversible and positive and exciting, and uh, I see that there is a system to it, that I can uh, walk people through the same process over and over again. So that sense of connection with something that is so much bigger and higher than me and that, you know, we're tribal. um, As humans, we are very tribal. We are designed to connect and, um, you know, do good. Our soul is designed to feel great when we do good. And having that opportunity to... Help people. I see myself as sort of creating a ripple effect whereby working one on one with highly successful people, they can create so much more in their lives and people around them as well. And so it's a very visceral feeling of some sort of elevated energetic frequency, if that makes sense. So I guess that's the high I was talking about.
0: I guess, you know, in my life, I've felt that visceral high, and then usually I'll feel it and then it'll last a while. Is it something that's supposed to be experienced every day or is it something that's sort of found in a moment and that moment sort of lasts a lifetime?
1: I don't think there is anything that we can experience consistently every day, simply because it is human nature to have highs and lows. We have uh, moments of excitement and happiness, we have moments of sorrow, and of course with our everyday life and all the emotions that we experience, we're not machines that can kind of arrive at a particular frequency and now experience it all the time. Yet from my experience, what happened for me, what I learned is that there is sort of overall frequency if that makes sense it's like arithmetic sum of um, everything that we do and feel and how far we've come how far we've grown spiritually emotionally intellectually and that frequency can be um, elevated so even when i feel low even when i have those challenges i i Still don't go, you know, as deep into negative as I used to, as well as i I can bring myself back into a positive state uh, much sooner, and I can also allow myself, help myself to go into that higher state easier and more often than I used to.
0: Mm, I, I love how you tied in frequency because that that feels so much easier. If I don't feel good. Raise the frequency. And, and it and connects across every, you said, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. Are there things that stop us from elevating our frequency often? Is it, is it a skill set you have to develop? How does one gain control over the frequency that they experience?
1: That is a loaded question. It's I fun. know,
0: I know. I tend to throw hard and fastballs at everybody. <laughs> Sorry.
1: What I found for myself... And what I keep seeing in working with my uh, private clients. One of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves is to understand what's holding us back and really work through that, release that so that we can become freer, lighter in order to do what it is that we supposed to do. Not that it is that what we have to do, or what we bought into what we have to do, or what somebody told us what to do. Not to fulfill other people's expectations, not to look for, not, not to look for love and validation in all their own places. But I learned to arrive to this place of connection with self, alignment with self, and in terms of the journey, it is a journey, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. I find that a lot of blocks that holding us back, they're actually not so clear. They're more li- lived within the subconscious mind. And it was one of the things I discovered for myself, and I wanted to create real, lasting, positive change. And I went to a million different, you know, seminars, and I've tried everything under the sun. And while I'm very grateful for all the information I've learned, and I've met amazing people, and, you know, some things worked in some way, I was still finding myself in situations where, let's say I would go to an event, And Saturday, I feel fantastic. Sunday, my gosh, I can take on the world. And then Monday morning comes and I'm by myself back, you know, to my old patterns and, oh, oh, now what? And so I kept looking, I kept searching for, you know, what it is that I can do to really uh, create those core shifts in my life. And that's when I started learning about the power of the subconscious mind. It's um, now scientifically proven that you Know over 95% of our actions, thoughts, beliefs, and feelings are actually pre programmed into our subconscious. Yes, yeah. Things that you may not even be aware of, you don't even yeah. realize. You know, comes from society, parents who love us and want the best for us. Yet, you know, when we are children, we accept a lot of beliefs, a lot of suggestions from the outside world that are not even ours. Yeah. Yet, buy into it because you know we need to make. Sense of the world when we grow, we usually create our core self limiting beliefs at a very high emotional state. And typically, all of that happens uh, by the age of 12 at the latest. Majority of it happens by uh, seven. What's so interesting about the subconscious mind is that, you know, as beautiful, smart, talented, um, very capable adults, there is a lot that we can do. Yet, there is some sort of invisible ceiling, some sort of inner blocks that we feel, yet we might not even be able to put it in words, that are holding us back. And when we are in our patterned life, things are going well. We are patterned animals, right? Yet when we need to make important decisions, or when there is some kind of you know, really difficult situation, or when we want to do something radically different than new and unknown, that's when typically our poor self-limiting beliefs show up and hold us back.
0: Is that why you think people are scared to feel? Because a lot of our feelings are tied to maybe subconscious beliefs that are rooted in pain or are rooted with a negative emotion? Or I guess what role do our emotions play in the creation and unblocking of some of, these, some of these blocks or these invisible ceilings that we've created for ourselves.
1: I'm so glad you're asking me this because what I learned from a very long journey, first as a student and now as somebody who is actually working with um, subconscious and emotions, tremendous amount of our beliefs actually deeply linked Uh, to our emotions. And as I uh, started mentioning, we form every belief about life, a very important belief, at a high emotional state, either positive or negative. And so when something really great happened in our childhood and we felt on top of the world, that's when we formed good beliefs. And it's wonderful. We all have them. They brought us where we are today. Yet, unfortunately, we also formed negative beliefs, beliefs that made us feel not enough in some way, not, you know, lovable enough, not good enough, not successful enough, not talented enough, not smart enough. Beliefs that have to do with uh, things like life is not safe or life is difficult or I cannot trust anybody. So we've had those experiences and because we don't have the intellectual filter to process anything yet, we create Beliefs that are actually based rooted deeply into uh, in our emotions. You know, when we are born, you know, babies showcase pretty much full uh, range of adult emotions. Yet, our intellect only starts forming at about the age of four. So, the, the majority of the time when we form our core beliefs about life, actually come from very emotional place. And the funny thing about the subconscious. It's a subconscious mind is an emotional mind. It has its own Mm. life and it operates based on feelings and emotions. And so going back to your question about, you know, why we don't like to experience negative emotions and there is so much uh, discomfort when we um, have to overcome our inner blocks. Absolutely. The, The number one job of the subconscious mind is to protect us. Yeah. One crazy thing about the subconscious mind is that it doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future. For a subconscious, everything happens in the now. And so if I experience something very painful and negative as a child, and it could be a very silly event, it's not about what happened, it's all about decisions that we made as uh, children when we formed those core beliefs that, fine enough, still run our life uh, lives as adults. So when something happens in that moment and I have uh, that uh, negative emotion around it, my subconscious mind wants to protect me from having that negative experience again. So, if I am to step out of my comfort zone and go into the unknown, where a lot of negative things can happen, a lot of hurt can happen, a lot of feelings of not enoughness can happen again. And so, the subconscious wants to sort of keep us back so that we don't experience it again. And on one hand, it protects us, it, it just wants to protect us. On, on the other hand, unfortunately, it also minimizes our ability to really express our potential and for uh, a lever, you know, fulfilling life.
0: How do we show our subconscious mind that it's okay to navigate some of these scarier feelings, maybe these beliefs that we had created a long time ago? How do, we, how do you begin to start having that conversation with yourself?
1: This is an excellent question, and uh, I sort of came to three core steps around it that I find when we bring it together, they work beautifully. And the first step, I call it radical awareness. It is understanding that, first of all, there are a lot of things that will run our adult life that came from our childhood. And that the intelligence of our subconscious mind typically equals to the intelligence of a seven-year-old child. So it's quite interesting to understand those core blocks, core limitations, understand where they come from. For example, if a father left family, the father left family for another woman, in that moment, the little girl decided that she is not lovable. Mm. Love always leaves, and she is not enough, and it sets up, you know, beautiful, talented, wonderful girl into this entire life of pushing love away because she cannot trust men, and uh, creating the sense of not enoughness and looking for love and validation. You know, not all the healthiest ways. Or uh, you know, some some of the events can be very deep and serious, like loss of a parent or some sort of family tragedy, and some things can be very simple and small by the book of it like being i'm not saying being bullied at school is small yet it could be a silly event when uh, somebody was presenting at school and yeah. uh, classrooms were laughing because at that age that's how it all happens and in that moment that boy decides that it's not okay to you know show his true self to show his beliefs to you know step out of the comfort zone because he would be judged because he would uh feel like he is not enough that he's just not worthy and so based on these decisions that we make for ourselves these decisions are buried very deep within the subconscious and when we have either conversations with ourselves or because you know when, when student is ready teacher appears and life okay. is a So there are ways to really reconnect and understand our our limiting beliefs in a way. That allows us to see wow, this is not actually me as a successful, talented, you know, amazing adult believing this, it's a seven year old or a five year old who had this, yeah, very sad, very negative experience. Yet, it doesn't need to run my life anymore. It is very challenging sometimes to understand that because the subconscious tends to bury everything because emotions are unpleasant, we bury everything.
0: Yeah, I just want to say your your quote about when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And life is a beautiful teacher that really resonates with me cuz i think what you're saying right now is that really the more aware we become of our habits our feelings our thoughts our emotions in the present moment the more we can start to ask why and the more we can start to ask why in the right times the more aware we can become of potential stories that we told ourselves from a, for a very long time, whether we thought we were telling ourselves these stories or not. Is that like a good summary?
1: Well, true. And then it's about asking the right questions, mm-hmm. questions that are rooted in what and how. Because sometimes when we go into why, we go into like why from poor me standpoint, why this happened to me and you know why I am not as successful as somebody else and whatever, So when we start asking ourselves questions based in result and possibility, that already takes us to the next level. And then connecting with that part of ourselves where we allow to see that little child and give compassion to that little child. That understanding really allows us to go further because, you know, we are our harshest critics. We... Can be very kind to everybody else, but the way how we treat ourselves, sometimes we would just never say the things that we say to ourselves to our best friend. And so, on that note of um, uncovering our blocks and core self-limiting beliefs, I found it was very big part of you know um, changing my life around. I've created a hypnotherapy session that I call. Rad- that allows people to go into their subconscious mind and in a very safe environment, allow the subconscious to bring up all those events and circumstances that give very deep understanding into what happened and have that sense of inner peace and inner connection with the child. And so I'm more than happy to share that complimentary with the listeners.
0: I would love that. We'll make that available in the show notes. I am curious. I want to go back to the three steps. So the first step was building radical awareness. Let's say we've done that, what's step two?
1: Step two, I call it radical release. Okay. What has everything to do with releasing our deeply suppressed negative emotions that are linked very deeply to our core self-limiting beliefs. The crazy thing about us as humans is that, you know, we tend to separate intellect. And sometimes we really train our intellect muscle and as wonderful as it is, it is never enough because as you know, we are emotional beings and the subconscious, as I mentioned before, is an an emotional mind. Studies now show that tremendous amount of these emotions, they are unprocessed. By our subconscious, and we literally stuff it deeper and deeper and deeper within ourselves. You know, we learn that you know, boys don't cry. You know that just uh, we learn that showing emotions is showing weakness. Emotions are weakness. We live in a society that might not support us to be vulnerable and real. There is a lot of expectations of how things should be. Yes. And emotionally, there is a lot of disconnect and sense of unsafety. So what we do, you know, number one thing that happens for most of us is that we just stuff our feelings deep inside. It happens more for men than women. However, just the fact that women are more allowed to connect with their emotions doesn't mean they connect, you know, in a healthy way. (laughs) Because you know how sometimes those emotions can show up in like emotional volcano and you know, that's not healthy either. So we either suppress our emotions or we... Can create emotional patterns where it's okay for us to get irritated or get angry or this or that over things that actually have nothing to do with it. So our emotional world can be very fragile. And usually the more we suppress, the more things come up at the most unexpected time.
0: It sounds like everything you're saying right now actually is maybe even a crash course in building emotional intelligence. You know, being able to link our current emotions with beliefs and why they're caused. Is this a practice that you recommend, not even for individuals who are trying to unblock themselves, but just be better leaders, better bosses, better spouses, better? This doesn't seem like it's reserved for really high achievers. This seems like a practice that is healthy for anyone to really adopt, create, and sort of leverage in their lives.
1: Oh absolutely and I'm not talking just about high achievers. I'm talking about, you know, us as humans in general, how we are designed and yeah. this is I find that that step too. And that's when sharing the steps that I sort of give a lot of pain, trial and effort arrive to because, you know, it's applicable to every human being. And that emotional part of us is so massive and so sometimes overlooked and underserved that when we actually understand the emotional part of ourselves and connect with that and heal it, that's when beautiful, you know, beautiful, really beautiful shifts happen. And so, what, what happens is that we tend to suppress our emotions, yet what we don't understand is that emotions are not really, you know, bad. They're just messengers. So when we experience negative emotions, we don't like to experience that, so we tend to sort of interrupt it with something else and escape into, you know, too much work, alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever works, right? Yet the issue is that emotions are quite persistent and, you know, they come up and show up again and again and again. And so we become very good at suppressing, yet all our pain, all our negative beliefs about ourselves, they are also suppressed emotionally within our body. And so there's a lot of research now that we store a lot of negative emotional energy in fascia, in, you know, all the areas that... We can feel, you know, heaviness in the heart, sadness that literally weighs our shoulders down. Like our body feels it all because our emotions live in our body. And when we do this inner work of understanding our inner blocks and releasing our inner blocks, we also feel lighter. We also feel quite lighter and more uh, like empty in a good way because of all that negativity. And... Yes, I, do. you know, we can talk about blocks from intellectual standpoint, and it's important to understand it because it gives us quite a bit of power for the future, you know, the choice. Do I do I now live my life from, like, the decision I'm about to make now, am I going to make that decision from place of fear, or now I'm going to make that decision from place of love, especially self-love, radical self-love. They are, you know, different platforms, right? And... While it is very important to understand ourselves, the the big piece that I feel is missing for a lot of schools of thoughts is the emotional part. Because... While all of that is in the body we want to release it we want to let go and one of the ways i discovered and the most effective way i discovered to work with it is to go into the fire is to go into the negative emotion is to go into that pain and when we create the right conditions for the body to really process that pain out it leaves and it leaves for good i have clients where in a matter of an hour session we could release a decade of incredibly pain so it is not only possible and doable it is something that when we do it it allows us to also raise our frequency because all emotions they have frequencies and you probably know the lowest frequency uh emotional frequency on earth
0: what is it fear
1: well it's actually the, the lowest one is guilt mm-hmm. and absolute lowest one like it just doesn't go lower than that it is shame oh wow and if you think about it, how many of us have been living consciously and unconsciously a massive massive sense of shame about ourselves oh. and it comes from not even our beliefs but beliefs that were ingrained into us by experiences that weren't even our fault this is why when I talk about the subconscious mind and subconscious blocks, there is so much that they're simply not aware of.
0: You know, I have a question because you mentioned a really interesting thought. One, I wholeheartedly agree, even from my own personal experience doing doing personal development work, it's, there's only two ways to make the car go faster, either make it a better car or remove some of the weight, right? And so it's almost like when you just remove the weights, you can naturally move quicker, lighter and faster. But I'm curious, so the worst frequent, the lowest frequencies of emotions are guilt and shame. What frequency is gratitude or forgiveness or all these like almost like these other positive sides, right? Like, is, is that the exact opposite?
1: Absolutely, it is. Um, gratitude is considered one of the highest frequencies. And then there is only one higher than that. And that is a state of enlightenment. Enlightenment. Our moment is that sense of openness. We don't need to sit on top of the mountain and sing Kumbaya for the rest of our lives. It's not enlightenment I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's allowing. It's being an open system versus closed system. Mm. And the way how I see the difference between closed system and open system, and unfortunately most of us, you know, when we are adults, we, we become closed systems because by the age of 12, we typically make all important decisions about life not only life, but also ourselves and our future. And so with that, a lot of new information that comes in, even though we think we are open-minded, the subconscious in matter of milliseconds checks all information, all threads with our core beliefs and makes decisions that are safe for us. And by safe, I mean it could not be good for us, yet it keeps us safe from the subconscious standpoint. And so with that, when we receive new information, for most people it comes in and... It kind of touches the sort of sur- surface. If we imagine sort of outside shell and we are inside the shell, it touches the surface of the shell and then it kind of we send it back, you know, I, I, I know it all kind of attitude. Yet when we are an open system, then that shell has openings. And when this new information comes in, we evaluate that information and we either take it. Or we send it back knowing that, yeah, you know, I don't resonate with this at the moment. However, this piece I really want to play with it I kind of want to try it on.
0: You're like, I'm loving you right now. this this enlightenment piece, it feels like clarity, right? Like it's a sense of feeling clear, whether it's clear on any of the things like purpose. We started the conversation with that or clear on why you are the way you are or clear on your sense of self. I mean, there's so many. When I think of enlightenment, I think of all these different things you can be enlightened on that all feel free, like it makes me feel expansive and energized and like limitless.
1: Yes, that's that frequency I'm talking about.
0: Oh, I love that. That's higher than gratitude, but it's it's beautiful. It's actually a testament to doing and putting your own sense of self first, right? Like when you prioritize your sense of self or prioritize navigating who you are and prioritize finding the truth
1: and so that's what i that's what i wanted to mention you 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 talk about clarity and clarity is truly important clarity that that, that sense of opening yet it's to me there's additional layer to clarity it's uh, alignment Mm. and it's alignment with self alignment with who we really are, what we stand for, what matters to us, an alignment with what I call higher self. And that's that high, unmatched high that I'm talking about when I'm in the state of, uh, you know, doing the kind of work that I do. Because when we are aligned with our purpose, with, you know, what our soul is supposed to do, when we can make uh, a difference and we can expand. Because, you know... Soul always is moving outwards and upwards. And so with that, everything that we do that allows us to be to feel expanded and shed the weight, let go, that's what makes all the difference. And my my core belief is that we're not broken. There is nothing that needs to be fixed. There is nothing wrong with us. What I find is really beneficial. That's really helpful in terms of removing all the blocks and limitations is that sense of alignment and shedding, letting go, unlearning, unbecoming.
0: Mm. When I had this realization the other day. I was talking to a friend about this. I've now come to believe that we are born with a soul that always knows, that is truth, that is love, that is filled with expansive energy. And that soul is trapped in a human vessel that lives in a society that requires being human. We learn all these things along the way. We learn societal conditioning. We learn things from other people. We adopt beliefs and fears from things outside of us from a very young age. And we carry that in our lives. But the real purpose in life, the real true alignment can only happen by not finding more or creating more, but it's coming back to that truth. It's remembering that you've always had the answers. It's remembering that sense of self. It's, it's unbecoming, it's unlayering, it's removing all of everyone else's expectations, beliefs, fears, and thoughts, and truly truth. It's knowing the truth of who you are.
1: Very, very much so. And then what I find is that from that place, We can be more, not only for ourselves, but we can be more for others. Mm -hmm. We can so much more because in that connection with light, it is so much easier to give. It doesn't leave us a squeezed lemon. There's so much to give that it's easy. It's natural. It's much easier to make that impact. It's much easier to create wonderful
0: things. It doesn't feel hard. It feels light. And I think that's the... (laughs) It is flow. We were talking about flow earlier and that feeling where you don't feel like you're pushing a rock up the hill. You're actually just rolling downhill. And it feels easy because you don't have the weight. It's, it's released. It's, it's truth. Truth is love. Love is truth.
1: That's, that's exactly the conclusion that I arrived at. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's great. We just got to there after 40, 40 minutes of conversation. That's amazing. I love this. It's it's so fascinating to me. You know, I've spent a lot of time this year really exploring my own sort of subconscious with ease and grace, I might add. Lots of gratitude, lots of compassion, and lots of just kindness.
1: This is so important to give ourselves that kindness that we also give to others,
0: right? Yeah, and I, I realized just how many, you know, even my biggest learnings this year actually came from not really taking on any new information. It was actually remembering that I had all the information I needed in the first place. Like I had all of the answers.
1: Remembering who you actually are, who you
0: really are. Who we really are. And there's so much power, freedom, clarity, uh, and just being unapologetically yourself. That truth sets not only yourself free, but I think everyone else in your life, that's what people Or that's the light that individual that everyone sees, that that magnanimous authenticity. It's that it's that ownership of who you truly, truly, truly are.
1: And I think it's so amazing and important as a life task to arrive at that place, to touch that place at least. Because we also give permission to others to do the same. That, you know. Everyone really is quite amazing and unique. And, you know, we all bought into this conditioning that a lot of it is not, you know, our own conditioning. And with that, there is one big challenge that I came across. And uh, that's actually step three of that system that we are talking about. Because while these beautiful realizations happen and there is a sense of opening and enlightenment and like lightness in the moment, then we kind of go back into patterns, that Monday morning feeling that I was talking. And what I found quite interesting is that the brain, you know, while massive aha moments can happen instantly, for real change to take place, brain needs time to rewire itself. The brain is a machine. And I always tell my clients, I have, when it comes to, you know, the way how we operate, I have bad news and I have good news. And the bad news is that the brain is a machine that repeats the same patterns over and over again. And the good news is that the brain is a machine that repeats the same patterns over and over again. And the reason for that is because our brain, imagine, is like a a hardware, like a computer. And then our beliefs is that software that unfortunately for most of us hasn't been updated since the age of 7 or 10 or 12, whatever it is, right? And so that software is quietly operating in the background. And so science tells us now that the brain needs between 18 and 254 days to rewire itself. And usually the more challenging, the more painful our beliefs and pain points are, the more time the brain needs to, you know, work around that. And so while there is this um, well-known saying that it takes 21 days to, you know, make or break a habit, it's actually not true. It can work relatively small and it's great to use willpower for that. At the same time, when it comes to more core staff, it is that consistency, that, that effort that is important. And this is where changing, uh, upgrading our software, the fact that the brain is a machine that repeats the same patterns, it actually works in our favor. We cannot change mother nature. The brain will always work the same way. However, we do have control over the software. And so while we are running all those negative programs, you know, the the brain is running and the subconscious is running it. It is what it is. Yet the beauty of the way how we are designed as humans is that when we upgrade our core delays, and when they become a part of us natural part of us that's when you know the brain is running the same programs again and now it's running into our favor and i think you can uh, certainly relate to that by you know changing some parts of yourself at some point it was weird uncomfortable there was effort that went into it yet now a lot of your beliefs about success money and love they are you know different in many ways and they're very empowering
0: it's it's Life-changing when you begin to realize the best way I was explained to when I was first taking this journey of really sort of elevating my own sense of self was that you said machine. The way it was taught to me was that everything is a muscle and the same way it's your brain is a muscle. So if you want to elevate yourself, you just have to practice using the muscle in the right way. We've been using it the wrong way for ages we've been using it on autopilot for ages but if you consistently and consciously begin to use different tools different thought processes different ideals and not be afraid of feeling you can combine your brain and your thoughts with your capacity to feel <laughs> crazy right
1: <laughs> and you know there is something that i want to point out that not too many people talk about and i find it that's really quite important. It was very crucial for me in understanding and, you know, changing my uh, self-limiting beliefs. A lot of people refer to them as, you know, inner demons or like wrong way of doing life and everything in between. And what I learned is that, you know, we don't have inner demons. There is nothing wrong with, you know, what we learned. We create beliefs as a way to literally survive in this world as children. And if we didn't make those beliefs, our brain would literally explode. We wouldn't know how to take on life. So all those self-limiting beliefs, they actually were protecting us. They were explaining the world to us in a way that we were able to process at that time.
0: I I could talk about this for hours with you. This is brilliant. I think that's the piece that sets you free. When you can fully acknowledge and appreciate. And that's why gratitude was such a big, powerful part of this journey for me. Because for me, the biggest shifts came when I could become very grateful for my subconscious mind in creating these beliefs because they created a certain set of outcomes in my life or they brought me a certain level of success in my life. They brought me something. And when I can get to that point, then I could politely say, okay, Thank you, subconscious belief. I appreciate everything you've done for me. I understand why you existed. I know, and I can empathize with the role you played in my life, but I now choose to believe something else.
1: No, and- absolutely. And this is, this is very beautiful and healthy way to look at it and deal with it. And here's the thing. A lot of people try to do that with pressure with push yet imagine i'm pushing at your hand right now and the more i push the more you have to push back right just to balance and gratitude does exactly the opposite it allows us to just let go and be playful and do all the things that can create something versus spending our precious energy on you know always pushing away and back so when then that whatever happened happened in a way that we don't need to change. It actually helped us. It made sense for a lot of things in our life, made us who we are. And now we choose to you know, spread our wings. We choose to step into our higher potential. We choose to align with higher self. And with that, a lot of things that used to serve us, they don't serve us anymore. So with thank you, it's time to go. And what it is that I'm going to put into my
0: you know, machine now that is going to support me in moving forward. Gosh, I love this. This is, I just love the, and you keep coming back to kindness. Like you, whether you're saying it with your words or the way you're explaining how we can dance with everything. I mean, it really is coming back to kindness. You're such a kind human being. I i, I love just, I'm such a big fan. Olga, if individuals wanted to Uh, learn more. Maybe I know you mentioned you had some, some complimentary things you wanted to share. Is there, is there, if there anybody wanted to learn more about what you're doing and just be a part of your world, how do they do that?
1: They are very welcome to visit my website, uh, olgaricards.com. And then under that resources, I have uh, complementary resources that can help them, um, you know, connect with their subconscious mind, understand some of the core self-limits and beliefs, and uh, take steps that allow them to free themselves and, uh, you know, align with, you know, the higher self and give themselves permission to actually be and create that happy, fulfilled, truly successful life.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, everybody, if that wasn't enough of a a push, then I hope this conversation, we'll make all of these links available in the show notes. Olga, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've experienced, everywhere you've gone, everywhere you've come from and everyone you're helping, how do you stay grounded?
1: One of the things that I learned is the concept of radical self-love. Maybe because I come from Being my worst critic and someone who I was incredibly hard on my entire life. And by allowing myself to simply be kind to myself and look at things from understanding that, you know, what other people do to me, sometimes, more often than not, has nothing to do with me, but with where they are at their journey through life and maybe have more compassion for them while also having compassion for myself, it just allows me to breathe. To be, you see, you know, higher self in everyone versus dropping into, you know, frequency of negativity, if that makes sense.
0: I love that you said that it allows you to see the higher frequency of everyone else. I think you can practice compassion, love and empathy and know that everybody behind every pain or harmful experience or hurt is misunderstood love. It's just, it's, it's all charged by emotion and and,
1: Mm -hmm. under-received love.
0: Yeah. Under-received love like that. And when you can truly empathize and realize that I, I I love that. I, I love just the simple and humble reminder that everybody is born beautiful, amazing, creative, talented, and full of potential. And uh, that's a really beautiful way to look at life. So I'm, again, I'm gonna keep singing your praises till I can't imagine when I would ever stop, but I'm so grateful that uh, you got to spend, we got to spend some time together. And I'm so grateful for your knowledge and wisdom and experience and um, your own heart for helping people in such a beautiful way. So thank you for being you.
1: It's so wonderful to see your beautiful face and uh, for all the amazing work that you do in this world.
0: Well, thank you. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Olga. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.